Tonight, by the grace of God, I'm going to, with his help, briefly preach in your hearing once again the prayer that God will refuse to answer for every child of God, <clears throat> part nine, praying through the Bible, and uh, my son Daniel Ezekiel says that this is actually sermon number 499 and uh, when it comes to things like this and since he's the one keeping up with the numbers uh, and uh, helps me with the sermons I'm going to go with uh, what he is saying against what my wife Marika White is saying and uh, and so that's what it is and uh, he would know more about it <clears throat> and so I thank God for him and uh, for his help in the ministry within a series so tonight is 499 and if the Lord tarries his coming and we live next Wednesday night will be number 500 and uh, now I have been preaching another series on Wednesday as you know I have preached now over 20 sermons on wokeism the blob of Beelzebub and so we have been away from this series for a little while And so I have continued to do that even on Wednesday nights because it is an all-encompassing series. I can preach it every day and never miss. I can preach that sermon every day and never miss. Because if you read the passage it covers all the bases. You say, Preacher, you, you seem very relaxed. I am. After preaching nearly 700 days, uh, seven years rather, thousands of days, 
some and oftentimes twice a day as I'm doing now. And don't you don't you fool yourself and every preacher who's called by God knows this to be true. Preaching one time will take a whole lot out of you. You say, preacher, why are you preaching at this time? Because I preach when I can. Because I got up very early this morning. My wife and I did some things starting around uh, 4, 3, 3.30, 3 o'clock, 3.30, 4 o'clock. During that time, we stayed up and got some work done and And then uh, we were wrapping up a project and I fell asleep. So when I fall asleep, she goes to sleep. And so I, I slept half the day. It's totally out of my control. Totally, it's, it's not a situation where I could have gotten up. In the words of my dad, Bishop Daniel White, Junior, who's in heaven now, um, I was in a coma. My wife couldn't wake me up. We were right in the middle of a project. And, and so when she can't wake me up, she lies down uh, and goes to sleep herself. And then when I I wake up, I can hardly wake her up. I say, and I, I tell you, you're not preaching. But uh, uh, she uh, says she needs her, her beauty sleep as well. So, beloved, I'm going to preach when I can. And, uh, and there's a debate. I don't keep up with the numbers. I've never, I've never kept up with the numbers of sermons. My two sons have. So if you ever see a discrepancy, just take it up with them. Daniel White the fourth and uh, Daniel Ezekiel White and uh, and when it comes down to things like this they 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 do not uh, miss they do not lie about these things when it comes down to the Word of God for some reason and not and then neither one of them are angels. But they, when it, for some reason, when it comes down to the sermons and the Word of God, they don't skip, they don't miss, even if it convicts them, they don't change it. And I thank God for that. And so there's a little debate as far as the numbers between my wife, Marika White, and my youngest son, Daniel Ezekiel White. And so... Uh, I'm going with my son. I'm not hearkening to the voice of my wife. Even if we have to back up a minute, it's okay with me. 
I, I have complete confidence in him because he's been faithful at this and uh, and he's worked hard at this by the grace of God and so I'm gonna go with him and we'll celebrate number 500 next Wednesday night and so uh, everyone in my family make sure you have some popcorn ready you know how we do I'm going to have some popcorn. I had, I've had to lay off it for a while. But I'm going, if I live, the Lord tarry his coming, and I live, because my life is in his hands and nobody else's. <laughs> and they're certainly not in mine. Uh, so, because I've never thought that way in my life. But I'm having some popcorn next Wednesday night after church. In the afterglow, Daniqua Grace, uh, Daniel Ezekiel, and some spaghetti. Okay? And I might have a slice of pizza as well. And Danielle Elizabeth. <coughs> Danae Mary Louise. Uh, Danita Evangeline, Daniela Danny, and Daniel the Fourth. If you want to join us, you can. That's next Wednesday night after services, number 500 in this series, according to Daniel Ezekiel White. I'm going with him. I have no problem with it because I never kept up with the numbers, as you all know. That's been in y'all's hands. You should know. And my wife certainly does not. Marika White certainly does not know. <clears throat> so I'm not going to hearken to the voice of my wife. I'm, I'd rather hearken to the voice of my son, Daniel Ezekiel, the youngest, who has helped me in the ministry for many years. Second Corinthians chapter 12 Verses 7 through 10. <clears throat> and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. <clears throat> lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice. I besought the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And as I think about it, I have besought the Lord thousands of times. And he's never stopped me, but he's never—he <laughs> he has never taken the thorn, uh, uh, the thorn in the flesh away. Paul had the sense to stop, but I just keep on praying because I wanted to go away. And he said unto me, "My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect." 
in weakness. Do you know, it's, it's been the case with me, and I am sure it's been the case with all people who have been used by God. In fact, when you interview them and talk to them, people who have been mildly used by God, they, they, they even appear weak at the time. They, they, they marvel uh, that you're even interested in interviewing them and honoring them because they, they, they're dead to self. <laughs> and they feel weak. They know they're weak. And, and, and whatever has been done good, God has done it, and they know it. <laughs> for real, man, for real. Most gladly, therefore, the Lord is, 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 is starting to make me shed some tears of joy. Now, Lord, you know I have to preach. And now, so let me preach. Lord, let me preach. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Go ahead, Paul. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Paul said, I take pleasure in infirmities and problems and troubles and difficulties. Most people do not understand that. Even so-called Christians in our day. I can't control it, people. I didn't plan on crying. And I'm not a crying man. I'm not the crying kind. <laughs> but when God gets the moving... <laughs> and God gets to working. You can't stop it. Only he can stop it. That's why I asked him to stop it. And I've asked him many times to do this. Because, see, I understand what the old saints used to say. My cup runneth over. You can't stop it. You can't stop God. See, God is so big that once he touches you and he's on the inside of you and he moves on the inside of you, things happen. I don't shout but I know how people can shout. I know why they shout. I don't run, but I know why people run. And so, you know, it, it makes the body, when God gets a hold of you, it makes the body do things. My, I'll shed some tears of joy because God has been so good to me. The devil has fought all day long to try to hinder this service as usual. Through my wife, Marika White, and other situations trying to hinder this service. But I'm so glad to be here tonight. In reproaches, I take pleasure in reproaches. I take pleasure in necessities. Hold up, Paul. How about water to drink and food? Yes, I take pleasure in that too when I don't have the water to drink. I don't have the money to buy the food. When my water has been cut off, when the electricity has been cut off, I glory in and I take pleasure in e even those things. This is why one of the reasons why people in the world think Christians are crazy. <laughs> no, I'm not mad, most noble Festus. I know the God in heaven who did not have a place to lay his head, even though he provided for the birds. 
a place to lay their heads. He had no place to lay his head. And he was the first to take pleasure in his infirmities, in his difficulties, his necessities, his troubles. He was falsely accused. They scandalized his name as the old black saints used to say a whole lot in the songs. Because I guess the people in the church were scandalizing their name. That's what I've always thought. So they, people were always being scandalized in the community. You never heard anything about it, but uh, that's what they felt. And they would put that in their songs. They, they truly scandalized Jesus and he never did anything wrong. And here you made a song about it. They hung him high naked before the world. That's enough humiliation right there just to be naked. They ripped his backside off with cat and nine tails. Not only was he naked, they saw his innards. Blood from the top of his, from the crown of his head to the bottom of his feet. He never did anybody wrong like we have. He never did anything wrong. He did not complain. He did not whine like so many of us today. Never happy about anything. I told my adult children today in, in a letter, and uh, I know my children must think I'm the Apostle Paul or something, writing so many letters, so many epistles. But it's not as bad as it used to be when I used to write people. When I was first got saved, I was so into the Bible, I would use some of Paul's language. Uh, Peace be unto you. <laughs> and I know people thought, this boy is crazy. I don't do that anymore. But I frankly told my children to not, even though it may be a generational curse, to not be like their mother, my wife, Marika White. I told them lovingly, and they all know what I'm talking about. Never happy about anything. Don't appreciate anything. Uh, don't show any joy or any cheerfulness about anything. And especially about the Lord. In fact, she acts more like the devil when it comes up to the services and things to, that we need to do for the Lord things she wants to do, she's more, she has more alacrity. And I told my children, even though that may be in you, don't be that way. Don't be, make it your business not to be that way because you're going to hurt your vital relationships, your important relationships being that way. Now, I'm, God has given me a special grace that I can handle that. I'm not bothered by that. I'm the kind of man I would love to have a wife to enjoy a good meal with and a glass of wine with and uh, and chat and talk about things. 
but it doesn't bother me that because uh, I'm going to enjoy my meal and I'm going to enjoy my glass of wine whether she uh, enjoys it or not. Just as much. That's how I'm wired. And so, uh, Jesus never complained. In fact, the old black preachers used to say, he didn't say a mumbling word when he was being crucified for our sins. Other than saying, watch this, God forgive them for they know not what they do. Now that's love for you. When you're dying for the sins of the people killing you and you created them. My wife and I, we, we have been reading the chronological Bible. I'm telling you something, people. You need to do that. If you are saved and you're a child of God, it's, a, it's, it's just it's mind-boggling. It's the greatest education you'll ever get. And, and God created us from nothing. And because of our wickedness and violence, he destroyed us with the flood. <coughs> Saved some, knowing his family, and said to them, uh, be fruitful and multiply. And so we're here today. And God had to wrap himself in flesh, because there was nobody available to save us from ourselves. And if God did not wrap himself in flesh, and come down to this earth and suffer, bleed, and die for us and was buried and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God, we would all be on our way to a devil's hell. That's the reality. That's the fact. We serve not only a good, good father, as the songwriter said, but a great God. And his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is 100% God <clears throat> and 100% man. And so, my dear friends, if you're with us tonight, and I'm not closing, I don't feel like closing, I feel no ways tired. But God just led me to land about right there for you. If you are with us tonight and you have never been born again, you have never been saved by the grace of God. You cannot remember a day that you were lost and you heard the gospel and you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and you became born again. You became a new creature in Christ. We're not, obviously, my dear friends, we're not talking about church membership, are we? We're not talking about uh, your family was saved, uh, your family were Christians, and so you're a Christian too. Somebody tried to tell me that, oh, you're Bishop Daniel White Jr.'s son. I know you're saved. I said, no, ma'am, I'm not. I th this was in church. I said, I don't know what you're all talking about. Oh, sure you are. She walked away, leaving me to go to hell. 
She didn't know. She was probably going to hell herself. At the time, most of my family, in fact, I don't believe anybody in my family got saved in the biblical sense until I got saved with the exception, with the hopeful exception of my dad. My dad, his life, I saw his life changed. My dad became the most loving man that I've ever met before and since he has died. I've never met a man more loving. Too loving, in fact. He let us get away with murder. He didn't know how to love. Uh, Nobody taught him, see. He would do it differently now, but nobody taught him. He never had a father. Pastors back then didn't teach on the home. They call that meddling. That's, a, that's why I got people mad at me right now. Because I preach on the home. Teach on the home every day. And, and they, they call that meddling. Messing with your family. You know, your family needs to be messed with because it's jacked up. But anyway, I digress. My dad got saved. I believe he's the only one. But he didn't really understand fully what he had done until I got saved. And he was my biggest cheerleader as I traveled around the world and preached the gospel. Uh, not so much with my mother, not so much with other family members, because I believe they, they were lost and some are still lost to this day. Because they think religion and church, church work and church membership is all you need to get saved. That's not the case. Dear friend, you must understand that you are a sinner, as I am a sinner. Uh, The Pope is a sinner. The Dalai Lama is a sinner. Even Joel Osteen is a sinner, as nice as he may be. Your mama is a sinner. Your daddy is a sinner. Your grandmother, as sweet as she may be, is a sinner. How dare you call my grandmama a sinner, boy? If I don't do you, I'll jack you up. Well, you do whatever you need to do. Your grandmother's a sinner. Your grandfather, too. My grandmother, my grandfather, they're sinners, too. See, people who are saved, they don't get offended by uh, being called sinners. They know they're sinners. The Bible, God knows you're a sinner, too, because the Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, who knows that? Did the Gallup poll people go all around the world and ask everybody where they sent us? No. The only somebody who knows that is God. That's why he can say it uh, very boldly. Every last one of us are sinners. We've done evil, ungodly, wicked things. From the time we've been on this earth. Eve got deceived by Satan, and then I believe that Eve deceived Adam. Or partially deceived him. Maybe he, he, he knew that was uh, from the tree, by, by the sight of it, or whatever. He did it anyway because Eve was so fine. And, and, and to this day, men will do anything for a fine woman. 
We've been sinning ever since, Adam and Eve. But not only that, Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel. And we had the first murder. Cain murdered Abel and tried to cover it up and talking about, uh, am I my brother's keeper? Telling God that. Well, I know you did it because I hear the blood of Abel from the ground. We've been sinners ever since. We've been here. God in his love and mercy had to fix things. The Bible says that it is appointed unto men once to die. Now, this was not God's original plan. Us dying. Dying is a mess, man. You got to find some place to bury dead people. That's a mess. That was not in the plan. We messed up with sin. And so now we have funeral homes and we have caskets and we have burial grounds. These things were not supposed to be. But we caused it. Uh, and the curse is, it is appointed on the man once to die. This is a reality. Take it seriously. Death is no joke. It is the first level of punishment. And then there's hell if you don't do what God has done. Uh, you don't do what God wants you to do, and that is believe on his son, Jesus Christ. And God wants you to understand this is serious and this is real and he's not playing. God does not play. Jesus Christ does not play. They have joy and love and all of that, but they don't play. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of God, my friend. Because yes, God is loving, but he's also the God of justice and judgment. And he said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Uh, and so, you're on your way to a devil's hell. God wants you to understand that if he would allow you to die from this beautiful, bluish, greenish, whitish, ball or called earth hanging on nothing but his word you best believe it he will allow you to die and go to hell if you reject if you reject his son Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sins who was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God that's a fact that's a biblical fact Now that's love for you. You want to see love? Think about Jesus Christ suffering and bleeding and dying on the cross. Believe in him. Trust in him. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said the most loving, most magnificent, most memorable, and most important words ever said in the history of the world to mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, <clears throat> that whosoever, the word whosoever means anybody at any time, red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious in his sight. All lives matter to God. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Call on his name, as the Bible says, for whosoever. There's that word whosoever again. Anybody, at any time. Red, yellow, black, or white. Rich or poor. Educated, uneducated. God made salvation simple. Why would he make it hard for us wicked, evil ignorant people. We would, we would turn around and make it hard, as so many Pharisees and Sadducees have done. <clears throat> Pardon me. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus Christ requires of you. He paid out of his love. He paid your sin debt. Because of his love, he paid your sin debt. And all you have to do is believe in him. And he said, well, what can I do? You can't do anything. Nothing. You can't save yourself. But what about some works of righteousness? Can I pay for it? No, you cannot. Not by works of righteousness that you have done. But that cannot save you. It's only by the grace of God. Anything you add to it will taint it. And it will not work. You must simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Call on his name. Pray and ask him to save you. Ask him to have mercy and grace upon you. And forgive you of your sins. And receive you uh, into the uh, beloved family of born again Christians. And he will do it. Because God loves you more than you love yourself. Jesus loves you more than you love yourself. And so right now, dear friends, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Call on his name and pray and ask him to save your soul, and he will. Let's do it right now. Repeat after me in prayer as as long as you're believing in your heart, in faith. I cannot make you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. God will not make you. And God knows whether or not you're sincere, so you might as well be sincere and not pray it. Don't play with God. And I'm not keeping numbers. My staff, my family, they keep up with things like that. I don't keep up with any numbers, anything like that. I don't know what I don't know what is going on as far as how many people are getting saved, how many people have come back to the Lord. My 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 staff and family members, they know about that. So I'm not trying to gain any numbers. I want you to get saved from hell and have a new life and become a new creature in Christ. I want you to repent of your sins with God's help. Let's pray right now. Holy Father God in heaven, repeat after me phrase by phrase and and uh, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. I'll start all over. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner 
and that I have done evil in your sight. I have broken your Ten Commandments. I have lied before, stolen things before, lusted after people and things before in my heart, dishonored and disobeyed and disrespected my parents, And I have disrespected you by taking your name in vain. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. God, you know and I know I deserve to go to hell. Have mercy and grace upon my soul. <coughs> upon my soul. <coughs> Pardon me, Lord. Holy Father God, have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart. In your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for my sins was buried and rose from the dead by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my wretched soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of my sins. Help me to turn from my wicked ways and uh, help me to follow you in the newness of life before I die from this earth. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight in your heart, and you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it from your heart to God, then according to the word of God and according to uh, the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are now saved from hell and you are now saved to heaven. And uh, to help you grow in your newfound faith in this sin-cursed world, Go to gospellightsociety.com, write it down or type it into your device. Click on a book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. And download that book free of charge. Start reading it and you can probably read it all tonight. And it will give you the next steps as to what you need to do to become a Christian disciple. Uh, and to be the Christian that God wants you to be. Also, on that same site, gospellightsociety.com, you will see uh, podcasts populating on 
uh, at the bottom of that site that will lead you to thousands of other podcasts. You can type in Gospel Light Society Podcasts. You can type in Daniel White III Podcasts. And that will show you thousands of other podcasts that will help you to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. Uh, Also, email us uh, at whatever the email is on your platform. Email us at my email at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com. And uh, let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you. And uh, let us know how we can pray for you if you have a need for that. I'm going to wrap up this service by finishing the reading of this powerful passage that has moved me and led me to preach the gospel to you already. In persecutions, Paul said, I glory in persecutions. Paul said, I take pleasure in persecution. Now, if you're not saved, if you're not born again, you're not, and, you, and if you have not grown in the Lord for a while and obeyed the Lord for a while, you're not going to understand that at all. I can tell you that right now. Taking pleasure in persecutions. Counting it all, counting it all joy. I mean, seriously, that, that, that's heaven stuff. That's heavenly stuff, man. You don't know anything about that unless you got a little heaven in you. In distresses. Paul said, I take pleasure in distresses. All of the different things that happen to you throughout the day and throughout your life that try to buffet you and keep you away from serving the Lord. Maybe people, maybe family members, maybe enemies, whatever it is. Things breaking down and so forth. For Christ's sake. For when I am weak, this is the second time that word weak is mentioned, then am I strong. That's that's paradoxical. That's heavenly stuff, my dear friends. And I'm going to go ahead and close it at that point. And by the grace of God, we'll pick up uh, message number 500 on next Wednesday night, and uh, we will continue in this message and in this sermon and in this series. It's a very important series because those who have been saved a while, that's what you're going through right now, and you need to understand this and stop believing in the false prosperity gospel that everything is supposed to be hunkadory for you, and you know it's not, and it's not for the prosperity gospel people either. They're catching more hell than you are. So don't buy into that.